I was born ready, Terrence. What's the craziest um, gymnastic uh, trick you've ever done to avoid getting caught? You ever run from the police? Uh, yeah. You ever run from any like school administrators, like principals? Mrs. Turner, get your ass over here. I mean, I skipped school a bunch, but I never got like caught red-handed. Miss Turner, get your ass right over here right now. But um, I did have to scale the a building, a, a huddle house one time on a, an away softball trip because we were we had climbed up on top of the huddle house next door to the hotel uh-huh. to smoke weed. Give me and my keys. I can't remember who it was that caught us, but they, I think it was one of the fucking moms. Them goddamn moms were outrageous. It's helicopter moms with no jobs. I, 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 you know, I didn't understand a mom that didn't work because my mom had about three jobs, and these bitches were living vicariously through their children up in all of our motherfucking business all the time. You mean like a mom who's like constantly trying to set you up with other boys and like uh, fix you up with a nice boy. Uh, not me. Is it like a one? Was it like Amy Poehler's character on Mean Girls? Should she yeah, like? Yeah, but really redneck. <laughs> <laughs> like with monogrammed boots and you know matching camo tees. <laughs> that style, you know the type. Wait, so why? But no, they were they were they actually they were doing the opposite of trouble. Maybe they probably were trying to set their girls up with boys because they were just positive we were going to make their kids gay <laughs> it was like the younger softball girls mission and, and accomplished constantly they were constantly going to the coach and then even to the fucking principal and then at one point to my mom uh-huh. this is one time my mom really did do me a solid this fucking parent had the audacity to come up to my mom at a fucking basketball game that was this when my sister was playing basketball and say Sheila, I just want to give you the heads up, um, you know, that there's several girls on the team that we think are lesbians, <laughs> and we just want to make sure that you're watching out for Tanya, making sure she's not hanging out with them. And my mom said, is it catching? Is it contagious? <laughs> she screamed across the fucking gymnasium at this woman. She said, I think she'll be just goddamn fine. Thank you. Because my mom just couldn't stand. Fast forward 15 years later, you're a lesbian. (laughs) Less than that. But uh, it really wasn't that my mom was sticking her neck out for me. She just could not stand one of these fucking moms, these busybody moms, to tell her how to fucking parent. Raise her kids. Oh, that was her button. This bitch pushed the Sheila button. (laughs) That is the got to be the most goddamn irritating thing as a parent having someone else tell you how to raise your i know i was over at my sister's last night and she's going through it right now because her kid just started school and i mean public school fucking sucks it does (laughs) and my sister don't know what to do she (laughs) she's about she's she apparently already this year almost fought the fucking cop they have out there doing traffic in the morning (laughs) Dude, school cops. My, my sister had to threaten a school cop. She's had to threaten another parent. Fucking school cops <laughs> are the worst because they act like they're like uh, this sort of like outside third party force at a school. They're like, I'm not the. I, I'm just the arbiter. Here. I'm just the arbiter. Our here. school cop, he, his number one priority was to collect weed for himself. <laughs> and he did. He wouldn't turn you in. He'd just take it. We knew what was happening with that weed. I was like, God damn. He's like, Girls, you know I can't let you keep this. <laughs> <laughs> you know I can't send you. I gotta take this from you. It's like, God damn. Wait, why? 
Why were you on top of the Huddle House? Why? Oh, yeah, back to the Huddle House. Why, why did I miss that part? Oh, oh, you're outside. He asked if I'd ever run from the cops. I asked, you, I asked if you'd ever run from the cops or any kind of administrative authority, let's say a principal like, uh, or um, uh, a security guard. Mm. <laughs> a cop. Oh, I do feel like we used to harass the cop at the mall. Like because I grew up in a town with a mall, Millsboro Mall, so I was a mall rat. It's a pretty good life, and we did terrorize that motherfucker. And then we would plant things for him to find, like empty condom wrappers and stuff, for him to just freak out about, then start questioning people about it. Because <laughs> it was <laughs> anyway, there was only like you know a few groups of kids at that time that were hanging out at the mall because we were the only age group in town who wanted to hang out at the fucking mall it's a very fleeting time period it's about a year and a half you think it's cool to hang out at the mall and then it's just suicide to even be seen at the mall so <laughs> our mall in Hobbs was one we used to just call it a hall it was yeah, one long building yeah. you could see from one end to the other yeah. <laughs> ah, see I'm like the a... real rural one here <laughs> don't even have a mall we didn't, we didn't no, even, no, I was an hour and a half from a mall <laughs> Well, we used to have to drive to Lubbock, Texas, to like go to the mall. The, mall. the big mall was in Knoxville. Yeah, we'd drive to Knoxville for the big mall. Yeah, but we had, a, we had a we had an eight store mall. It's still there with like four stores. That's what ours is. And, and there's a, a there's a furs in it. You read it first. No, it is a weird experience going to the mall now. It is. I went to the mall for the first time in years the other day, and I was like, Lexington. It's yeah. awful. It's like, dude, this I, is there's dystopic. only two stores I go in there, and so I know the door nearest to them. So I just like each in and out i'm just yeah. trying to get to the avita store and get my shampoo <laughs> <laughs> i need my rosemary mint shampoos oh my god but i go in there with sunglasses on and a wig i try not to be noticed <laughs> Groucho mark's mustache <laughs> i've got those, gla- those just glasses. Cigar the glasses <laughs> yeah in the avita yeah. the best malls are the ones that are there is not a single store in the entire mall except for like one, and yeah, that one like store, Kmart. that one store is the mall's reason for staying open. It'll yeah. be like a J.C. Penney's or something. Or I think a Bath and Body Works can hold a whole mall together. <laughs> or, or Bath and, a Body, Bath Body, and Works. Body Works can do it. Yeah. yeah, it's there's a few stores that still anchor it, and uh, I think um, the only reason I ever have to go to malls maybe go to a Journeys or something to get a new pair of vans or something. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Well, Tom, maybe you know, when they're in the lean times, get some of them free fucking yeah. Chinese samples. Exactly. <laughs> you can just change shirts three times, go back through, just do a couple loop throughs, and have a meal by then. <laughs> oh, Tom! Some of Tom's hustles do require the mall, though. Your shoe hustles. I've been to you with several malls. To buy twelve pairs of shoes. I, I've been to you with shoe. several malls. Well, I, you know, you have to. I used to have a connect at the House of Hoops. Get me all the exclusive stuff I could flip, but nah, it's, that's dried up. You can't you can't strike a deal with the kids at Hibbets? Nah, he's in jail in Charleston now. <laughs> <laughs> Tom wouldn't lie when he said how he was going to go to jail. It'll be a financial crime. Receiving stolen property. Um... Oh, anyway, the Huddle House. The Huddle House. So a mom, I think, it was one of the fucking moms, was coming for the ladder side, and we thought she knew we was up there. Apparently she didn't. 
and it didn't end up being anything. But it, so instead mm. of coming back down the fucking ladder of the Huddle House, we all had to jump off the other side onto like a fucking huge air what air conditioner fuck? or something. I don't even know what it was. It's like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible <laughs> shit. Well, it was like we jumped down onto that and then onto fucking I don't even know what what else. We had like three jumps down the back side of the Huddle House. <laughs> God damn. To escape a mom. But then we just stood back there quiet. What were you we were doing? Like, what are we going to We were just getting high oh. on top of the huddle house. Okay. Yeah. It was lovely until that happened. It's important. A bit, I mean, so much weed that is smoked in teen years are done under the most stressful circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, yeah, it's I not feel that like, big of a deal, but you make yeah. it a big deal. I feel like I developed anxiety from smoking weed in like people's backyards and stuff. <laughs> I think somebody's going to catch yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, I snuck snuck off under the under the train trestle one time. My mom, my mama lived under a train trestle, and I wasn't allowed up there. But we had played up there plenty. But I had never been there when a train had come through, and mm-hmm. it's fucking scary being under a train trestle because it's cle- It's like not covered, you know, in between the railroad slats is just clear blue sky, and then all the like gravel and shit f- when the truck tr- uh, train goes. <laughs> Why'd you get me high, Terrence? <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm stoned to the bone. Terrence's <laughs> <laughs> like, we should smoke this roach. Roach's ass. That was um, half a hog. <laughs> it was it was between a pinner and a hog leg. I don't know what you would call that. I don't know what the classification for it is. Between the Johnny Pone and the Cathead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cathead. I heard the wildest damn story yesterday. What? Oh, so us. you know the... the like the sapling center kids yeah downtown here i was talking ran into my buddy on main street and he said man he said i saw the saddest yet funniest thing i'd ever seen the other day i was like what is it so well you know such and such is one of these kids that goes there he said uh, man apparently his girlfriend been going out on him (laughs) and he made this really like grand romantic gesture where he said he's going to kill himself but his plan was to kill himself by Jumping off the bridge in Whitesburg. Downtown Whitesburg. Which is like that would have nine broke feet his high. That's exactly what happened to him. He broke his ankle. He, he jumped like, off? He jumped off the bridge. <gasps> he like oh, made a big production. Because you know, when you're a kid, you're dramatic. You know what I mean? You just think like, oh my God. And he's like, yeah, I was sad because like he legit thought that was no going to kill him. him. But he didn't know that that's not high enough a bridge to kill yourself. And so he just jumped off and <laughs> broke his ankle. And then he said, next day he's walking around this boot and a cane, proud of it. <laughs> wow. This is crazy. The things we do for love, I guess. What? Well, so, I mean, and the someone river's did, pretty dry. It's almost dry right now. Yeah. It's very low. There's no splash at all. <laughs> You're just yeah, so rocks. he just got wet and krilled his goddamn ankle. Broke his ankle. Yeah. Broke it. Yeah. God damn. But it's like... Uh, it's, it's, he jumped off feet first. He had to have known that wasn't going to kill him. He had to just, that was just like a big, I've seen people jump off that, like crawl down to like the little platform where the pigeons are and then yeah. jump, jump down into it. <clears throat> Man, someone needs to tell him how oh problematic that is. Say, look, Johnny, uh, <laughs> you may have fucked up your ankle here, but we need to have a talk. Yeah. It's very manipulative to tell someone you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> It really was. <laughs> and then to try to do it. And then to try to Right do where everyone's hanging through. out. <laughs> not cool, not fun for anybody, no, really. I, and obviously, they all hang out on that bridge. They're all always hanging out there, smoking because they won't let them smoke at the drop-in center. There used to be, a, apparently, you know where the vape store is? Yeah. 
or I don't know what it is now. Apparently, it used to be a jewelry store. And Herbie Smith some, one time told me a story about these robbers, thieves, who went in there and stole a bunch of shit from that jewelry store and then ran underneath the bridge and then just hid down there for like five hours. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Harold Martin, I know the guy he's talking about. You know the guy who did uh, it? Harold Martin. <laughs> same guy. Same guy that... Uh, Tom always knows the other side <laughs> of the story. Well, my mom said Harold Martin was like kind of like... he. I guess Harold Martin was kind of like the first ally. Because my mom said Harold Martin was like this just deeply like, you know, troubled guy but a total badass. And he was like the avenging angel of like all the women in Weinsberg. And my mom tells a story. She said, I was coming home from my shift as a waitress one night about two in the morning. We'd close down the restaurant. I was walking up the steps, and this drunk guy, who I won't say his name, was came up there, came up behind me, and kept trying to grab me. As uh, her apartment is like, you know, the stairs between David Airmore's office and the barber shop, yeah. right there. Yeah, it's yeah, a lawyer's yeah. office now. She yeah. lived. There's apartments up there. Her part, the balcony above the barber shop was her balcony. So this guy came up behind her, was trying to grab her and everything else, trying to get up on her. She said, "I have no idea. I hadn't seen Harold Martin in two years." Heard he bought a farm in Tennessee. He came out of nowhere, opened up that door, and grabbed that guy by the back of the shirt and threw him down the steps. <laughs> this guy heard he bought a farm in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Hadn't seen him in didn't two your, years. Uh, didn't your aunt used to live up there? Yeah. Didn't they used to live up above? Yeah. Dude, Tanya's aunt told Tom's aunt told us the craziest goddamn story one time. You ain't talked to my sissy, Lisa. <laughs> Buckle up. This is a good one. <laughs> Apparently, they had been hanging out with these guys from Cincinnati. Of course, they were from fucking Cincinnati. <laughs> I thought it was Boston. Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Cincinnati. Same man. accent. They were Cincinnati Mafia. <laughs> no, way. Boston. They were Boston? Yeah, they were. Yeah, because Dr. Tom Doyle, the OBGYN that <laughs> delivered me, was connected to the top of the Boston Mafia, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was friends with Michael Blade, who's passed now. Yeah. Name, but. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They were hanging out with them, and uh, they had all gone up to their apartment up there. And uh, I think I, no, I think we're both right because what it was is they were in they were in Cincinnati <laughs> they were on the riverfront out of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Newport was like a mafia stronghold. From, this is what this the? is the origin of this. Right. <clears throat> I'm from fucking Boston, but I'm working in the Cincinnati. Market. Yeah, hey, I'm in the Cincinnati <laughs> area now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a trade unionist. <laughs> a fucking Cincinnati office, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like, they had been hanging out with these guys, and they all went up to that apartment. Tom's aunt used to live up above the florist shop here. And I guess a bunch of them went up there, and they were hanging out. And this guy, there was two of them. They drove, like, an Oldsmobile or some shit, didn't they? they drew, or, like, a Cadillac Lincoln Cadillac Eldorado. <laughs> Well, they had followed them up there, and they were all hanging out, and I guess this guy was emptying out his pockets, <laughs> and he kept pulling out, like, comically more and more ridiculous shit, like, <laughs> first pulled out some money, and then pulled out some more, you know, like, cards, then a lot more money, and then, like... Nunchucks, throwing nunch stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brass knuckles, a gun. Oh, my God. And then two fucking grenades. He pulled what? out two grenades. <laughs> two grenades. <laughs> Two grenades. Out of his pocket? Yeah. Like a cloud <laughs> car pair of jeans? He had a Crown Royal bag filled with hits Jinkos. of liquid microdot. <laughs> this is like Hunter S. Thompson in Vegas. 
Yeah. He out a briefcase full. And they said that if the cops were going to trail them, they were going to blow this town sky high. <laughs> They were gonna blow Whitesburg. They were gonna blow Whitesburg up. I this wish was, they had. This was probably in 1978, right, Tom? Yeah, probably 70. Well, if you remember correctly, I think this we'll is why. Blow this town sky. <laughs> <laughs> in the late 70s, the Cincinnati Mafia was heavily involved in coal mining. They were laundering money through like wildcat coal operations. And the guy who wrote this story is a guy named Gary Webb. Who, who got assassinated. Who, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and was also played by Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was played yeah. by Jeremy, Jeremy Renner and that killed the Messenger movie. Yeah. But he he's the guy that, like, broke the, uh, you know, L.A. CIA brought crack into L.A. Uh, uh, story. Uh. And uh, and he was found suicided. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he had two gunshot. He had two self-inflicted gunshot wounds. Who the In fuck? The back. Who shoots themselves twice? <laughs> who shoots themselves twice? <laughs> oh my god, damn. It's like the Epstein thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a whole. <laughs> oh shit, that didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> Your brains are just leaking out. Oh shit, that didn't kill me. <laughs> We're going to put a trigger warning on this episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, um, but. Shit. But. Gary Webb wrote this really long, um, like expose. He worked for a, a newspaper in Cincinnati or Covington, and I think in Covington in the late seventies. And he wrote this long expose called "The Coal Connection" about how like mafia guys were laundering money through coal um, companies. And Tom Zant must have met two of them one night, who was prepared to blow Whitesburg sky. <laughs> My aunt saved Whitesburg, really. <laughs> Like Terrence when he climbed in the burning window. They, that, they that, was, that was a feat of heroism. I saw that. I said, well, I didn't do I watched it. He oh, just thanks. went in. <laughs> <laughs> Kick the door open. I, I'll never forget that. It was the night the darlings were playing at yeah, Summit. And I looked up and I thought I was just so fucked up. I said, Terrence, I said, there's, yeah. he goes, there's smoke bellowing. Is that our apartment? Yeah, he goes, this is, he goes, well, I was talking to him and I just lost his attention. I saw him staring behind me and he goes, is there smoke coming out of our apartment? Yeah, we had to both run down there. And then the fire department showed up and Terrence was coming out. And like they coming were going the in. Was, yeah. so I got it. Someone had left. Thanks. I did a quick assessment of the situation um, as an arson investigator. <laughs> And uh, someone had left a cigarette in a styrofoam cup. Clay's, Clay's yeah. closed. Sitting on, sitting on, to, sitting on top of a bunch of fucking uh, sawdust. Yeah. And paint. They've been painting. All oh. the most flammable shit possible. I believe it was an attempt at a friction fire. <laughs> where your insurance rubs up against your mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Eastern Kentucky. Well executed. <laughs> It looked oh, good. friction fire. It did look like an attempt at one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why JB never thanked you. God You're man. right. That is true. Right. It's like, yeah, right. you blew his fucking dick. It's like, we're going to make you sleep good, man. We're going to hire just a ragtag crew, and we'll get one of them to act like they left a cigarette behind. Fuck me. I should have known. I didn't bring my albuterol roll up here. I, I got can't get two. I have one. Can't get two tore up. I have three. One year insurance policy rubs <laughs> up against your mark. 
That's my favorite. Second only to... Uh, if you ask one of these old timers, you've been getting any strange? And they say, hell, it'd be strange if I got any. <laughs> oh. So wait, now, you never finished. How did she save Wattsburg? She stole all their guns? Or? No, no, they partied the night away. Yeah, they oh, just partied. okay. They just partied. They diff- diffused the situation through the power of partying. Yeah. This go. was actually the maybe even an earlier origin than Digital Bedroom. So we were going to do that bridge sitting. Yeah. Thing. And, Tom and that was going to be one of the stories of bridge sitting. Right. You're going to You got the abridged version just then. But right. I mean. Yeah. I mean Tom's Tom had high hopes of doing this American Life type podcast. I remember that's the like, first time I ever heard of this American Life you were telling me this story. <laughs> Listen, you know this American Life? <laughs> He's like telling me his hustle. I'm like, it's yeah. I'm like no. <laughs> oh, it's just like you know storytelling thing we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Call it bridge sit. Oh yeah. They wouldn't give us no money to do it. <laughs> the halcyon days of 2014. I know he's been trying to juice out the P and E for years. <laughs> to no avail. <laughs> to no avail. To no avail. <laughs> to none. Won't give him a drop. Oh fuck. Um, Speaking of, our means TV coming in soon. I guess maybe in a week or two, or something. Right. We should should we plan a party? Yeah, yeah. Let's plan a party with them while they're here. Yeah, yeah. we can. Oh, <clears throat> we should have them on the show. Let's have them on the show then. Instead of us always being in front of their cameras, we can drill <laughs> them this time. Yeah, in that case, means TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of suspicious suicides. God. And suspicious murders. We have to talk about this goddamn fucking Dallas case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, y'all freaked me out the other day when you told me I hadn't heard what happened. I know. I saw that Lee Fong tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Fong. And it's like I understand the impulse of a journalist to kind of keep a level head and whatever. Wait, let me read. Come in. What's he talking about? I want to read it because, like, the the thing that he says in it is like, it's almost a parody. It's written so fucking dumb that. I thought that it was a joke at first. I so, did see that there's a lot did happen this week. You're right. I thought I was out of the loop. Right. The White House said they weren't going to cooperate, cooperate with, with impeachment with investigation. Any impeachment investigation. <laughs> 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 not what? <laughs> not fucking participating. Yeah, like we we have nothing to do with it. Good luck. Not fucking participating. <laughs> Innocent here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see over here. Um, sorry, sorry, I, I detract us. No, it's okay. I digress. No, keep stick a pin next. I want to talk about <coughs> it later. Wow, well, yeah. There's something lives. I want to talk about. Um, this is Lee's uh, tweet, which is so goddamn funny. Lee who? Lee Fong. The idea. Oh wait, I should probably catch everybody up real quick as to what we're talking about here. So, um, Amber Geiger was a police officer that entered. Someone's apartment, Botham John, right? Botham John. Let me let me just. This is in Dallas, Texas. Let me just let me just point this out because I was talking to Ty about this yesterday, and I said, "Let me ask you a question. If you go into, if you if you're in a hotel, and you hit the wrong button, go to the wrong floor, you know almost immediately by the credenza that you're on the wrong fucking floor, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So this person, Geiger, says. She got off a floor, I forget if it was the floor above or the floor below her her apartment. It was, she was trying to go to home. She said she was apartment. trying to go home. Okay. Does she have a gun drawn on her way into her own apartment? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. 
So, one, I don't give a fuck if you're at the tail end of a fucking 48. I've, I've walked into the goddamn house not knowing my name after playing cards for two days straight. <laughs> but I still knew I was in my goddamn house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, let's let's give, let's, just because I'm a pervert here and want to walk this out, let's just say I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that. Maybe she's on the wrong floor, doesn't realize it. Once you go to a fucking apartment and you open the door and you look in, you know it ain't your goddamn house. Right. Immediately. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I don't give a fuck how similar the floor plans are. You know that ain't your goddamn couch. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she goes in there. But ain't your mom in the framed picture on right. the wall. Shoots Botham John twice. Doesn't give out any commands, nothing, all that shit. That's what this Josh Brown guy that was the neighbor of the guy, the person, talked talked about. And uh, now the story is after, you know, fast forward, he testifies, she gets 10 years. The fucking judge gives her a hug. Right. On her way to, to get processed <clears throat> or whatever. It. And it's 10 years. Also, if she were a man, she probably wouldn't even got that. But 10 years ain't shit. Right. For just going in and point blank killing somebody. Right. You somebody. said this on the episode last week. If it were the other way around, no one would ever see his ass again. Nobody. He wouldn't come home again. No. He'd no. be in a hole for the rest of his life. Um, well, so one of the guys who testified against her, his name is Joshua Brown. He was Botham John's neighbor. Um, he was killed earlier this week. He's found dead. And two days, two days after, right? He had testified, and she got sentenced, right? And so then the police yesterday had a press conference about it. It was like execution style, fucked up, right? Right. He had a got he was shot, shot in, in the mouth. mouth, and I think in the chest. Um, bizarre. Yeah, and so yeah, the police held a press conference about it, which I thought was completely bizarre. Um. Like, it seemed to me that the entire police, like, it seemed to me that the entire response of the police and of power in general was like, we had nothing to do with this, which is very bizarre to me that they would, like, lead with that. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't That's know. That's how they, they, held, they held a press release to say we had nothing to do with this? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Is that, no, are you more, joking? More or less. They had a press conference about, um... Like, their investigation into this, saying that they had, what, three suspects now? Right. And that they had traveled three hours from Shreveport, Louisiana, I think. Uh, to buy drugs, and this is Chad Vigorous had a good tweet about it, to buy drugs off a man that showed up to court with a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt on to test. Right, right. Who's supposed to be, like, this cr- just interstate, interstate crime right. drug kingpin. Fucking Highway Ricky Ross. Just no, just no to buy, way. To buy... Marijuana. None of it makes sense. But I, None of it fucking makes sense. Who would? Why would you drive three hours to buy a weed? I ask you a question. When's the last time you drove to Charleston, West Virginia, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> no, not it was like four hour, four and a half hours. So right, it's like when's right, the last time right. you drove to fucking Atlanta? To buy I a won't weed? even go that far for ass. I told you, <laughs> three hours is top. All right. And for ass does call. rank higher in like the hierarchy of the weight. Yeah. Of great shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weed and ass. Yeah. Anyways, especially when you haven't had any. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so nothing about this adds up at all, Shocking. right? <laughs> well, Lee Fong's tweet that he's referring to, which is the, so goddamn funny, <clears throat> just the way again the way it's worded. Like I thought it was a joke at first. So it was like oh, a little irony. 
But uh, no, this is. It says uh, the idea that Dallas PD is behind this would mean Dallas PD arranged a fake drug deal worth upwards of thirty thousand dollars. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Of course. My my man Lee's never heard something called an evidence room. Apparently. And the funny thing is, is like. I can just think of, I feel like six examples immediately off the top of my head when I can just think Where of Where the cops did that, just that. Arranging a fake drug deal worth yeah. $30,000. They literally have trainings on how to do <laughs> this. Hey, hey. They have trainings on how to do There's this. Little th- they never heard something called un- Operation Unite. Where they Dude. literally have a task force that does these things. They have, they have... Uh, they have a whole fucking refurbished rehab center where they're putting up people well, who snitch. Let me let me tell brother Lee something. Them. Let me tell brother Lee something here. If that's happening with city of fucking Jenkins PD, <laughs> <laughs> I promise you Dallas PD can pull that off. Jenkins, Kentucky, like Jenkins. and it's also Wattsburg, Kentucky. Yeah, and it's also just what cops do. Yeah, that's the whole point of their existence. Right. <laughs> it's to trip you up. Um. Then arranged a fake shootout in which both Brown and one of the assailants were shot. Shootout. I mean... Yeah, the, 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 the implication would have to be that he had to have, like, some artillery. I mean, I don't know if he had a gun or whatever, but, like... Yeah, who else got shot? His friend? Somebody who was with him? One of the assailants. One a, of the... A, a, insurgent. Yeah. <laughs> one of the assailants. Yeah, I've watched enough movies to know as simple as, hey, you're going to take one in the arm where it's not going to kill you and we're going to take <laughs> oh, the so hospital. he's not dead. Yeah, they draw straws to see who gets to so get the one cop, that gets shot. So a cop took a surface wound in the elbow? Is that what happened? Or one of these... I, listen, yeah. I know this sounds far-fetched and reaching, but I, I can tell you countless stories of this shit happening. I used to be a fire dispatcher. I used to have to be around <laughs> these fucking losers all the time. Well, and... um. And then the third, then arranged a fake confession at the hospital from one of the assailants. <laughs> That's literally the job of police. Every police officer has coerced a confession. That is their job. They're, that is. Have you never seen fucking any cop movie? There's a Netflix series about it. It's literally called Confessions. Right. <laughs> I mean, the classic setup of Seasons. every fucking Law & Order episode is two <laughs> cops take you in a fucking room, and then they say, they try to, like, fuck, and then the lawyer comes in and says, not another word. <laughs> it's like, dude, are you that, I mean, come on, you're reporting for The Intercept, not fucking <laughs> the Mickey fucking... Mouse fucking <laughs> amateur hour, fucking. Dude, I don't know, like, just to. Yes, you're right. Reporting for this place called The Intercept and to give power that much leeway, like to give them that much credibility. I don't know. Credence, it's like it's it's we have so many examples of cops being criminals that it's you don't it's even like have dudes to being guys at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> men being men. I mean, I don't know. I mean, someone had pointed out the Rampart um scandal in the LAPD in the late 90s. Yeah. Um like and I mean the Chicago black sites and I mean just last year I mean and he like knows surely to God he knows about all this stuff I, yeah p- cops are ruining the fucking world they're, they're, they <laughs> they have like their own omerta code and everything like you know what I mean you don't snitch on one another yeah you don't roll I mean it's just like it's a, like yeah. a le- legalized mafia except it's taxpayer funded and we pay them to harass us <laughs> just to keep us on our toes literally <laughs> 
Well, yeah, we pay them to harass us, and we pay them to protect private property. Right. And to... Uh, Another way that the real welfare queens are the wealthy. Yeah. They literally have their own paramilitary force <laughs> that keeps their property safe. And we pay, we foot the bill for it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, just to uh, just to reiterate... I mean, I don't fucking know. Well, and his mom happened, but... said, like, there's all these people lined up to say this kid had never been done any of this bullshit. He had no known enemies. Right. Yeah, no known enemies. And it's like Chad pointed out, like, knew he was probably being watched by the of police. Of course. Yeah. He even was afraid they were going to retaliate. Yeah. Like, this is documented. He had said this. <clears throat> yeah, man. It's pretty fucking. No priors. Yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, man, uh, cops are terrorists, uh, they're ruining our lives. Well, the, the point, and I think you said it when we were on that podcast the other day, Terrence, and I think this is a good piece of advice for anybody. The easiest thing anybody can do to challenge empires, get involved in some sort of prison abolition, wherever you're at, because there's ample opportunities to do it. Ample. You know what I mean? Even if you, you're not fortunate enough like us to have the radio program or to have, like, you know, a fight you can really plug into, anybody can pen pal, you can, you know, go visit people, whatever it is. I don't know if I would call it fortunate, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, there's... More unfortunate. But you can supply books, uh, you can... Well, I'm just saying it's easier people. for us. I mean, yeah. it's not fortunate for them, obviously. Right, right, right. But there are, yeah, there are, and there are plenty of harm reduction... A lot of artwork happening with the families of folks who are incarcerated, like in Louisville, Kentucky. There are a lot of really creative programs building toward abolition. Well, and this is the important thing of our time, too, because really and truly, I don't know how possible a real revolution would even be in this country until you dismantle the carceral state, until you discredit the police, until you trial that down. And guess what? These people have a fucking sports league dedicated to their veneration. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which also which also is powerful enough, like that movie Concussion, to have supplanted God for full rights to Sundays. So I mean, we got our work ahead of us, but I think this is I think this is the principal cause of our time and the easiest thing for anybody anywhere to plug into. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've been trying to follow the Supreme Court shit going on right now. Did the Supreme Court just open? Like, did they just start a new season or something? Are they like the fucking, are they like, <laughs> like a baseball Fleabag. team? <laughs> <laughs> they have like a new, they're back in session or whatever. Um, But, of course, whatever, Um, they're hearing a case about uh, whether you can, uh, whether the term sex in the law that you can't fight you know you can't fire people based on religion race sex blah 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 also includes sexuality or queerness or whatever um and i'm just kind of like so it's basically like can you fire someone for being trans or queer and i'm like they they imprison people for being trans and queer and they kill people for being trans and queer and they get away with it i'm like of course they can fire people i just feel like these things that are held up in court is just like I don't know. It just feels like so like spectacle or maybe yeah, like it's a, just like a spectacle. Yeah. It's like they're straight up, of course, and they're and and no matter what that's decided, they're going to keep firing people for being gay. This is just like 
how hard it will be for their lawyers to get on get away with it you know right well um i uh i don't mean to make i'm not trying to make it sound dismissive but i know what you mean i mean it's all pretty fucked up as it is and it kind of seems surreal to be watching them sort of like debate over it when we already know what the outcome is like for example in kentucky you can get fired for any fucking reason i mean they don't have to have a reason to fire you they can just fucking fire you and so it's like it's very surreal to watch it sort of like um become this almost sort of like parlor debate when like in the streets we know what the reality is um but i think that that's getting what you're saying tom it's like uh this is like what i struggle with when people sort of like are dismissive of maybe like reparations or anything like that is that um I mean, because there are people on the left, and they make good reasoned arguments as to why reparations wouldn't be something that we would address right now. But it's like, well, it feels like to me, any, I mean, a lot of those types of critiques are sort of rely on the, uh, well, what about the hillbillies? What about the poor whites? Like you're going to turn off the poor whites from some sort of like collective working class consciousness. And I don't think that's like an if and proposition. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Wait, what will reparations talk? Well, I mean, I've I've seen people be like, it's not helpful to like an like organizing like a multicultural like working class movement. Mm. Yeah, like it's a hindrance to that. You know. Well, I guess my response to that is that um, if you look at what's going on in the prison system, and I mean, really look at it and engage with it, not as something that's just abstract and that we know exists, but like actually, like you're saying, try to get involved in engaging with it. I mean, because. Um, You'll learn a few things immediately right off the bat. The first is that um, you, the control of information in and out of prisons is so regulated. Um, so a lot of the times you don't even know what's going on inside of them. But another one is that we do kind of do know what's going on inside of them and that there's labor. Right. Um, and it's mostly, I mean, it is mostly all slave, slave labor. labor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're making things. Um, I mean, like you would in a factory. Right. They really are. It's a production line. Um, and so uh, to me it's like, I don't. I mean, most of those people are black. It's like that Lester Holt thing where he was like standing in a. Hard to believe this was once a slave, slave plantation. plantation. And, it's like, and I believe what it. The fuck <laughs> and literally, there's yeah. people behind it picking cotton. Literally, black right. people yeah. behind right, right. him. So it's like. I, so I think the point is, and this is the point that I guess people like Michelle Alexander and these people have tried to make over the years, is that like. Jim Crow never really ended. Um, and so that, that kind of continues the. Con- conversation for reparations or the uh yeah or the um i guess argument for it um but what i want to say is that like earlier this week i found out that um a guy that i've talked to for years who was over in red onion who used to trade letters with back and forth and used to get phone calls from i haven't heard from him in a really long time and i just found this out this week is that he was transferred to texas back in the spring like um well the same thing happened to uh uh, Kevin Rashid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we used to get letters from him all the time when we'd do the radio yeah. show. And then just in the cover of darkness, they just shift you <coughs> like to Oregon, him? I think. I, they sent him I to Oregon. Denver. I thought they sent him to Might Denver. Might have been. Out west. Colorado and then they, yeah. they brought him back to Virginia. Mm. Um, but they do this intentionally um, because a lot of these guys that they'll move, um, they're either doing it, um, I don't know, because mostly it's because they are raising some sort of issue as to the conditions of the prison. Um, and they're raising some type of like consciousness. Exactly. With 
people with their friends in there. Right, right. Um, and and so it's hard to really ex- like it's hard to overstate like the effect this has on um, communities. And I think that if you're really trying to build some sort of le- revolutionary consciousness, you really do have to kind of start there. Um, because like you're saying, like you're sort of building a shared power analysis with other people as you're doing it. Yeah. And, um, and so, I don't know. I guess we got here from police, but the point that yeah. you're making is that they're, um, they're one and the same. You yeah. know, it's one yeah. in, it's two different ends of a sort of very repressive state police system. Right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, can't remember which episode it was, but, um, our death penalty episode is gruesome and hard to get through, but it's, um, required listening. Um, because it's like the deepest, darkest hole of that system. It's like the, um, corporal punishment in this right, right. country is just like a sick, twisted fucking basement. And to me, the whole corporal... Gig. Yeah. To me, the whole corporal punishment thing sort of, sort of mirrors automation to the workforce on the outside. I think it what it signals to people on the inside is like, look, we can fucking kill you anytime we want to. We can make you go away, and there's nothing. So you need to stay in line. You need to do this. You need to keep yeah. making Starbucks cups. You need to keep making. You can be suicided tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. In the same way that on the outside, it's like automation is just like you know, it's an idle thing to say to workers, "Hey, you're you're replaceable. You're replaceable." And what those guys forget is that you know, again, robots don't buy shit. (laughs) But you know, yeah, if you're working low wage jobs, and those things uh, can look scary and like they could replace you. Um. Well, you know, it's interesting that, like, uh, so, like, part of, I think, I don't know. Did you, did, Tom, you sent me that article earlier this week, The Origins of the Police? Yeah. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, is it David Whitehouse is the guy that wrote it? Yeah. He's so a, that we can speak confidently after we popped off last week <laughs> <laughs> about troopers. <laughs> A little more info here. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it had a little bit in there. Um, I don't care if I spread misinformation about police. Me neither. I just tell, I'll show everybody that they carry like uh, hepatitis A or something. Like you know, oh, <laughs> if, you t- if you touch one, you're gonna get stricken <laughs> by some plague. Um, well, I mean, it made an interesting point in there um, that like there's two sort of functions to police work. Um, the first is like crowd control, like a lot of working class politics sort of occur, occur on the streets. Yeah. And so a lot of um, the streets therefore have to be heavily regulated and surveilled. And then yeah, and that connects to the second part, which is um, uh, beat work. Like basically um, the part of routine police work is like basically um, making cops more sort of inured to violence to using violence Mm -hmm. and sort of weeding out the ones that aren't basic you know what i mean like uh from talking to people to sending them into uh, actual crackdowns or something yeah um and so i don't know it's just interesting to see like these systems sort of um in many ways they intervene with our natural sort of interactions with the world and they they turn us into these sort of like automatons 
um, who, you know, are, are then deployed for sort of the violent ends or whatever. Yeah. But you'll say sometime. No. <laughs> I got nothing. <clears throat> Wait, so beat work and what was the other thing you said? Crowd control. Mm. Which one of those? Where does uh, $30,000 drug setups come in to that? <clears throat> That's a good point definitely a part of their work well now there's like murder for hire racketeering like yeah. the same people that they're out there busting like the motorcycle gangs and whoever else that are doing that shit like they're doing the exact same thing <laughs> right that that is something interesting to talk about it's like these like outlaw outfits that revile the police how did the police have like duplicated them and like long to be one of them like all cops like fucking ride motorcycles and wear like sons of anarchy cuts on the weekends and it's like <laughs> have you not they hate you you know what i mean it's like they're just such to me police are just like the arch comedic figures of our time it's like they they think they've fallen for the classic rich people thing where they think that they are buddies with the affluent yeah. when really they have contempt for them and they don't you know, that you don't make anything as a police officer. They're the hired help. Right. right. They're the help to keep the rabble in line, to yeah. keep their property safe. And meanwhile, everybody fucking hates you. Like, that's what I want to tell anybody out there that's wearing a fucking police uniform today. You're <laughs> the, the biggest fucking joke that ever existed. But they think everyone loves them and can't wait to have a parade when they die. No. You're the biggest <laughs> patsy. You know what I mean? It's just like... That's so funny. They you get ten percent off at McDonald's and no, shit. Yeah, no. If you're if you're normal, you will hate the police. Yeah. If you are if you're cool, you'll hate the, you'll cool. hate the police. Well, there's you know, <laughs> uh, uncool people like police. People you don't do not ever trust somebody who likes the police. Just don't never. ever do it. Don't there, ever do I it. think there's two, maybe three types of people in this world. And the first one is, and to borrow that sort of line from that commune piece about William Vaughn uh, what's his last name the guy that did the ice the ice raid William, William Vaughn Van Sprouten 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 I think yeah I just I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name there's those people that have that unshakable unshakable you know um, abhorrence for injustice <laughs> and then you have no I'm serious and and then you have people that are completely indifferent to that and then you have people that could be one in the balance and that's i think i think that's what the that's what i think that's what it looks like and i don't know i think everybody needs to have that conviction that you just that you just you can't stay on the side of that of in, of that kind of stuff anywhere and and the question becomes i think how do you go from a place of because i feel like everybody on the left feels crazy you know what I mean? It's like, what can we do? Like, we know practically what we should be doing is fucking uh, every ice agent. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you But let's that's be honest. practical. Let's that's just keep it a buck. That's practical option. But practical. most of us, myself included, aren't going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like most of us aren't willing to give, like, pay well, that ultimate price. So it's it. like We have to dismantle the prison system first so we don't go there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the, you know. That's the whole fucking point. <laughs> right. I I'm all for stigmatizing cops and everything they stand for, man. I mean, seriously, um I mean, I hate to pathologize people too much because we live in a system and people are you know, 
we live in a society and people are more um you know driven by the systems in which they exist rather than their own sort of personal pathologies but um but really though don't never trust anybody who wants to be a cop <laughs> here's a question <clears throat> um i feel like i was on this train for a while i hate to say the hashtag when i was a liberal but um as a tactic to <clears throat> dismantle the police and the prison industrial complex um one of the tactics i have seen and tried to use myself is like participatory budgeting trying to figure out how to get a hold of budgets city budgets county budgets state budgets so that we're rerouting this money away from cops and defunding them do you think that's even possible it's one of the platforms of the black lives matter policy platform is like figure out yeah figure out um who's making decisions about money and influence them or become them something <laughs> like reroute money right. um because that feels like a more it's at least a more uh, another <laughs> a t- uh a option that seems at least more feasible in theory than murder at this point well yeah i mean you gotta stay at, staying out of jail is a good <laughs> yeah. generally a good thing but it's like uh yeah it's it's hard because entire state tax codes are structured such that m- the majority of <laughs> tax revenues get funneled into that's right. Please I'm saying this, yeah, like it's direct. It's not even, but they're they're not even leaving it to budgets anymore for you know city councils to decide. It's like any money spent in a restaurant or something, and most towns go that tax goes straight to the cops. Police are prioritized over basic services. That's just the truth everywhere. about anywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> well, shout out to all those people who are having some successes with participatory budgeting. I'm pretty sure there are some boroughs in New York City that are doing pretty good with it. But so maybe it's a tool in the cannon. Well, maybe the um so I guess the point here that you're trying to draw though, Tom, is that um if you see this, you're outraged by it, you want to do something about it. Prisons are the most effective location for sort of organizing some kind of Well, because it's I think it checks a lot of boxes also in addition to what we've talked about, it's also just sort of a choke point for labor too. Right. Yeah, I mean, and also, it will you will be building sort of some sort of shared power analysis with, I don't know, other people are, who are doing that, and with people who are in prisons. Um, and also, if you're one of these people that beats their head against the wall, that that thinks that uh, class analysis and race analysis are not compatible, or like it's a one or the other type thing. This is where this intersects. This is where you can get some clarity about that. (laughs) You're you're exactly right. Because it all comes together there. All of the sort of like contradictions of our society and and the um, sort of lies about what we tell ourselves are sort of laid bare in the prison system. This is, yeah, in the prison system is an immigration issue, obviously. And the prison system is a reproductive justice um, fucking issue. We have, there are literally women in ICE, I'm pretty sure like, 20 some women in ice detention centers this year delivered babies in cuffs jesus christ shackled to the bed damn or went and were in labor for hours before they ever received medical care they let them labor for hours 
So this is this is really this is where it all comes together. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is certainly a huge intersection. Yeah, whatever you think is important and worth focusing on all comes together here. And God forbid you be trans and be put into the fucking even be even be fingerprinted. Be put in the back of a cop car. God bless you. Well, uh, one thing I can tell you for sure that won't work is um, spending a lot of time caring about impeachment. (laughs) 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 Impeachment will, in fact, do nothing (laughs) to shift the prison industrial complex. Yeah, because guess what? It doesn't matter if fucking um, Trump is in there or Elizabeth Warren. Anybody to the right of Bernie (laughs) is going to be... even Bernie, I mean, I don't know, but Bernie does have a pretty good like criminal justice. Wait, is is Bernie even going to still be in this though? That's, I mean, I mean, this is the question on the back of everyone's mind, Tom. I You're the hypochondriac, so tell us. I want to say something. I want to say something. Your medical. If Bernie wants to stay in it, if he feels like he's fit enough to stay in it, I'd take Bernie in a goddamn Acme Looney Tunes fucking iron lung <laughs> over able-bodied fucking anybody else any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're gunned our head, we're choosing, okay? I yeah. mean, I'd take Bernie fucking on his deathbed with a fucking, you know, 36 pulse over any of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But I feel like having a heart attack on the campaign trail is really not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's... it's <laughs> Quote, 2019, Terrence Ray, having a heart attack on the campaign trail. I saw the video of him it's coming really out. So I asked people asking about and him when him talking about he's going to slow down and all this stuff. And you could tell that he's like beating himself up because he said he ignored the signs for a while that mm. you know he was getting fatigued over the last couple of weeks and yeah all this stuff. And he was pushing himself and you know Bernie's a fairly energetic cat for his age. Well, yeah. So you could tell he feels like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and he feels like he might have chubbed it. But you know. Whether he stays in, I don't. I don't see him dropping out. Uh, yeah. Is but, he polling any differently? <laughs> I'm it's sure. A joke to ask a question about a poll. I'm sorry. He could be. He should be going down to the Tom Steyer regimen of campaigning. You know, just do like one or just do like um, just go on NPR every week. Go on NPR on point. Um, maybe do like three or four actual public. Ad- Talk about civility. Talk about civility. Talk about how that we need, uh, you know, carbon offsets <laughs> and, and Tom, uh, greenhouse gas sequestration. Go on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Tom uh, were listening to like On Point the other day, and he was on there. Um, talk, he just saying the dumbest shit. What was he saying? Who he was, was this? He was Tom like, Steyer. He was like trying, He's a hedge fund millionaire. He was trying to billionaire. Billionaire. He was trying to bro out on the, like, you know, talking about his bona fides, about how he was out there on the climate march with, like, the students and all that stuff. Oh, for fuck's sake. And literally a couple months before this, there's L.A. Times runs a story about how he made millions and millions in coal <laughs> and natural gas. It's just like, I'm sorry. Like, you can pick one or the other. You can't have it all. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, he was trying to make an impassioned plea or sort of, like, impassioned like call to arms to the people like we need to rise up and we need to take back like the atmosphere and the environment we need to stop polluting the the environment (laughs) good call tom oh fuck but bernie was doing like four public appearances like a day or something like that four rallies a day that's that's ridiculous like big like 
you know, it's crazy. fucking thousands of people turning out type shit. Yeah, you know it's pretty I mean? badass. <laughs> Unfortunately, <clears throat> wouldn't it be a fitting fucking ending if uh, this whole thing just ended because of um, one blocked artery? <laughs> You're not getting your student debt because of one blocked one artery. Blocked artery. <laughs> Bernie decided to tarry a little too long with the hot dogs at the Iowa Fair. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I mean, I, fuck. I, you know, the thing is, is, is again, if he, if he decides to stick this out and stay in it, I think we have to stay with him. I think... You know, if he feels like he's up to it. I mean, fuck. Goddamn, uh, George Bush had some stints put in not too long ago, and everybody's fucking his buddy this week. <laughs> he's got yeah. fuck million bodies on his hands. Everybody's his buddy <laughs> this week. I, I tweeted that, and I was like, man, that's too earnest. I'm immediately embarrassed that that popped off. And I was like, I'm just joining the course here. But then I was like, but it's true, you know? It's fucking what? like... Th- th- these people deserve something worse than a fucking shunning. Like they deserve to be fucking like so Nuremberg in their fields. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, the point, I guess, the larger point though is, uh, impeachment's not going to uh, end what we've got going on with the prison system. I do love that the White House has officially said they will not be cooperating with any impeachment. Inquiry. Not fucking doing it. Not just not doing it. Do what you want. Not doing it. It's bogus. It's a sham. It's a scam. Not. <laughs> Who is the? Wait, who's even the comms person now? It's not still a girl, is it? I don't know who it is anymore. Who's their comms? Who's the White House communications not, director? I don't think it's no, still it's not Sarah. Mike Huckabee's daughter. No, she's her daughter-in-law out. or whoever she was. She's crying in a corner somewhere. <laughs> well, they really are digging in, um, and. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, if this will eventually get too messy to the point that even McConnell doesn't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, I start to wonder if some Republicans, if this would be the thing that brings them down because they're making such an absolute mess out of the whole thing. They're just behaving so erratically. And His tweets are next level. Well, it's yeah, it's like him and Giuliani, they've kind of, like, developed this shared mentality that they're, like, backed into a corner and so it's just been really kind of unnerving to watch them try to throw out every trick in the trump hand like this week his, his I mean, he basically admitted it and said i'll do it all want. yeah well he's going back like this week he's of going course back. i did that's my job <laughs> that's my job well he went you know he's gone back to this like uh you know Hillary I'll beat her again he's drug Hillary back into this and everything. <laughs> let's talk about that let's talk about don't straws. tempt me for just a second he said don't tempt me no Hillary's response to that tweet oh, oh for yeah don't tempt sake. me to run again this dumbass I mean, it, it, uh, Terrence we were talking about this in the group thread that like if Bernie's out and this shit is going to pot anyway a part of me I don't like mind you but it would be pretty fucking hilarious to see Hillary Clinton run again, <laughs> win the nomination, and fucking lose again. Because that's exactly what happened. Joe Biden's it, Joe Biden's immediately rendered neutered. Okay. If Hillary's in. Yeah. Liz Warren might as well pack it up and go to the Wait, house. does she still have time? You can still... You can yeah, still... I mean, she can pop in, I guess, anytime you want to. What's the headline? I, mean, I don't know, but... Don't tempt me. <laughs> Amazing what these people think of themselves. <laughs> Honestly, God give me the confidence of a fucking Clinton who thinks 
in their mind it's always 1997 <laughs> right <laughs> which i mean honestly um the clintons bear honestly uh, the clintons and reagan they bear more responsibility for the expansion of the police state than than yeah about anybody well i mean i guess uh You've also got Bush. And Joe Biden. <laughs> that all guy in France crazy. from our France. It <laughs> was fighting the leftists with his umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> There's Joe a lot Biden. of culpability here. Joe Biden's stupid ass has been like, yeah, we made some mistakes. We can see now it wasn't the b- b- worst. It wasn't the greatest, but what did you want? People were out here just like, gangs were out of control. What I want is for you to go to and spend fucking 16 years in Angola for your fucking... <laughs> complicity in war crimes i want you to fucking pick cotton you fucking disintegrating piece of shit he really is i mean he's seizing on live television and his skin and eyeballs are just melting off and his teeth are falling he's a skeleton he's a skeleton just a walking skeleton um folks we can't kick people off their insurance (laughs) i'm not doing it and i won't do it i guess if he if bernie is out of it i guess yeah it really does come down to i won't do it Biden and Warren. Um, Fuck it all. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I ain't saying it. I don't. I don't. I'm not speaking it to existence. Well, just last week, Terrence was ready to go uh, campaign th- for Bernie in Ohio. Well, here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, then he had a heart attack. Listen, <laughs> you've given Bernie's. Up Bernie's gonna no. go plant based. We're gonna reverse that fucking coronary artery disease, and we're gonna get him lined down. Oh yeah, I heard somebody say this week that the right diet can cure cancer. Well, I mean, it is true. Vegan diets do cure coronary artery disease. That's documented. Yeah. So he's gonna get on some vegan mac and cheese. He's know. just gonna be shoving the save Bill Clinton's life. Shove a nutritional yeast down the hatch. Now Clinton's going keto. That's probably going to finish him off. <laughs> yeah. Hot protein's going to knock him off. Yeah, they'll get Bernie in. They'll get him right. But can he win without eating hot dogs on at festivals? Oh. Can he? Yeah. In make America. My, make mine made out of cashews and soy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll plant their own hot dogs. <laughs> It'll be a gluten-free bun they've uh, uh, ordered from California. Right, yeah. grass-fed yeah. beef. My sister's a keto. She's like a keto queen. And, I mean, literally sometimes I show up, she's like, oh, no, I can't do none of that. I'm I'm, I'm in ketosis. <laughs> she's literally tracking. She's, and I tell Bob, I say, huh, she's ketosis, honey. She can't, can't get nothing out of her right I now. I stay in ketosis for she's two years ketosis. before. <laughs> and basically crazy. what it amounts to is you feel achy all the time and you're... <laughs> Your pee smells like fucking kitty litter. What does that mean? Well, she's ketosed half the time. Uh, and she went so nuts, she ordered gluten-free bread from a bakery in California. Had it shipped to Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, my God. Ketosis is when when ketones, you build up ketones in your body. <laughs> and you run on ketones instead of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates break down the sugar, glucose in your blood. Uh huh. This whole thing's making me hungry. Fascinating. But ketones run off of fat. So, oh. so that's why so you lose a lot of fat. fat? Right. Oh, does it work? Yeah, it works. The changes are not subtle, but I don't. I'm not persuaded it's very good for you. Long term, long term. I think it's a good diet for somebody to stay on like three to six months. But I, long especially term. it's it's really I think meant for people who uh, their health risks associated with obesity or diabetes are more 
are worse. Outweigh their cholesterol numbers and stuff like that. Outweigh the possible side effects of of ketosis. I see. <laughs> you know, like if you really need to drop pounds because it's like fat around your heart is threatening your life. So how do you how do you initiate the ketosis process inside your body? But my sister is skinny as a rail, but we're big boned, goddamn. So she still raises a size twelve, and she can't. It's a mental problem at this point. And her right. bone, her her belt cuts right into her hip bones, and I'm like, you can't get no smaller. This, this is That's just how you build. This baby. is just how you build. This is how we are, sis. <laughs> it ain't. It's how we are. Right. What are you gonna do? Ain't nowhere else to go. So you you have to like eat a certain diet to make it basically you need to stay uh, you know under it depends how severe you want to go with it but basically under 100 carbs a day but most people on ketogenic diets stay under 30 or even less carbohydrates a day (laughs) so yep you know interesting well i'll have to remember that um when you need to drop a few. When did they discover it? I mean, it's just it's just so crazy to me that you can make your body do something like totally different than a. Like I want, I wish there was an equivalent for anxiety. Why why can't you fucking stop the anxiety? Aren't there anti-anxiety diets? Yeah, there's anti-anxiety. I'm sure there diets. are. I've tried every diet there is. I I should be on an anti-inflammation diet for my back. Your back was pretty fucked up on tour. It was. I was having back spasms on tour. That's not good. Not good. It's not a good look. No good. I, I like had a back spasm while we were walking on sidewalk and Terrence walked into me. I was like, <laughs> sorry, man. I can't move right now. <laughs> That's how bad we were. I hope it didn't so hurt you. No, it was fine. Yeah. It was basically a chiropractor just slammed into me. It got me right. No, I had to get back on my my yoga regime. Damn. I've never done yoga. Oh, it's good. Damn. Well, we're talking about yoga, which means we've reached the bottom of the barrel, folks. It's so the end. Let's go ahead and put a bow on Wrap it. her up. Um, Bernie 2020. <laughs> yeah, I've never done yoga. That's wild. <laughs> you know you know, your conversations reach the end when you're just saying. That's crazy. Oh, that's wow. wild, man. That's crazy. That's crazy, that's man. That's... Damn, dude. That's crazy. Woo. Damn, Dave. Can you believe it? All right. Well, um, I don't know what to plug. Is there anything, Tom? Just the Patreon. I don't think we have anything else to plug. Me and Are Tom we sold out of t-shirts, Tom? Can people get t-shirts? I've not finished. Uh, let me just, uh, yeah, let me address this real quick because I've gotten <laughs> a lot of questions. But the shirts, I'm working in batches here. But I've sent out a lot of shirts. I've sent, I'm going to send out more tomorrow. If you don't get yours by the end of next week, then start sending me messages. But I just want to get that out there. We're a small operation here. We don't hire anybody because we're not small business tyrants. So here's the trade-off. Yeah. Tom's doing it himself. Um, And me and Tom went on this podcast called Reply Guys, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah, check that out. Um, you go check Reply Guys out. I had good answers to things for once in my life. Um. Usually I have bad answers. You come home with a sense of accomplishment. Well, every time I go on this podcast, this podcast, I like sound like a dumbass. But when I go on other people's podcasts, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm smart. I can I'm You're smart. You're an expert. I know some things. I'm smart. But you assholes just make me look like a dummy. I got it. We render him to talking about just we drag yoga him and down dumb Yeah, yoga. you guys don't help me with like layups. And um, I'm helping you all the time. And you're dunking and shit. But I'm back here um, <sighs> fucking... 
uh, I'm making plays happen and oh stuff, but you're never setting god. me up for any plays. Oh my god! Do you hear him dragging us? He is reading us for filth. Well, I've got I've got no response to that Why right now. You, I just we don't have enough assists. I'm not getting them from you. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Neither of you. I'm Wild. O- I'm over here in the corner, just getting not passed to complete lack of respect. Yeah. <laughs> um. He just set you up today for a story about his aunt. I said, actually, if you dial back the record, I set oh, him up. For God's sake. And then I passed it back to him. And then he passed it back. That's one me. of those situations where you pass the ball one too many times and turn it over. No, it was good. We didn't turn it over. It was. Um, it wasn't a flashy slam dunk or anything, but it was a nice little layup finish. Yeah. Yeah. It just kept things moving along. But anyways, go and listen to us be smart on the the other podcast because yeah, that's where the good shit is. This isn't where you go to learn things. This show is not where you go to learn things. True. Um, that's I'm, just where you go to you know get stoned with your buddies. Yeah, this is a problem. You knew better than to get us stoned. You didn't have to accept it. Now I have cotton mouth. You didn't have to accept it. I just said, "Hey, a little toke." I didn't even say that. I think I just held it out to you. <laughs> you know she's powerless. Um, she's physically addicted to the good times. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to peer pressure you. No, you didn't. Did I get you high against your will? <laughs> yeah, he held me down, blew smoke in my face. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Fucking, you're gonna fucking get high. Tanya's just a little pot. <laughs> saved by the bell. Yeah, he, he turned it into a THC tincture, put it in my water. <laughs> I've been roofied. Um, well, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, I can't believe I didn't even tell you I went to a wax museum yesterday. Where at? Dollywood? Pigeon Forge, honey. Pigeon Forge. Do you know the difference between Pigeon Forge and Dollywood? I'm gonna be honest with you. I do not. <laughs> Where, which one? Which one did you go to? Madame Tussauds. Hollywood Wax Museum. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I've been to that one. <laughs> the only memory I have is they used to have the monsters in there. I don't know if they still do. They do not. They did have a really good horror. They had Le- Legend, mm-hmm. the devil from Legend in there. And they had like Halloween and Friday the 13th, all them motherfuckers. My favorite was the Crypt Keeper. They had the fucking Crypt Keeper. Yeah, I love that little bastard. <laughs> and they had uh, Alien in there. <laughs> You love I love, I that, love little that little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> they had the fucking crib keeper. So nostalgic. <laughs> My dad loved that shit. Tales from the crib. Oh yeah, we That's watched t- it together. Yeah, that shit is tight. Um, wh- what other celebs did they have in the wax museum? Oh, you know they had Dolly and Willie Nelson, they and Johnny Brad Pitt? Cash. No, no Brad Pitt. Johnny Depp. They, they did have Jennifer Aniston, and they had both Matthew McConaughey. And Owen Wilson. They have Justin Bieber. Nope. They had Al Capone. I I don't hear. I see. I hear only white people. Amazing. They had Beyonce. <laughs> they had Prince. The Prince was really good, actually. And they had Michael Jackson. Someone needs to cancel Dolly for not having. Wow. For having Michael Jackson in there. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let's melt pro- that. Let's protest the wax museum. This <laughs> <laughs> boy caught it. Um. Is what is Michael Jackson too interwoven into American culture to like to be at this, canceled? At this point, would it be too difficult to like 
pry apart and tear apart how deep he's gone into American Man, culture. Man, we were at the Claremont Lounge, and that DJ was on fire, and then he played Wanna Be Starting Something. I immediately went to, is this before or after these? <laughs> it's before. Yeah. Because yeah, that was on... Um... Oh, is that, it's okay to listen to pre-pedophile, Michael? <laughs> is that your official position? <laughs> I ain't wow. touching this. I ain't touching this. <laughs> wow. I think that's a good standard, Tom. Yeah, I think that works. God damn. So you're, you're not, you're you're not going to listen to Jackson 5, Michael, ever again? I do. I, I listen to regular Michael now if it comes on the radio. I don't turn my radio off. Damn. Get that sound. cut it out. I mean, because like, admit this. Man in the Mirror is fully pedo Michael Jackson. It's full. Uh, it's like... Man in the Mirror is yeah. the da- dangerous album. <laughs> Not ha- I ain't going there. And it's thriller season. I mean, you can even hear that Man we in the Mirror. It's, th- it's thriller pre pedo. I think thrillers probably around the time he was getting into it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think it was pre. I can't, like late eighties, early nineties is what we're talking about here. Like like uh, Moonwalker, yeah, the movie to like. You know, and and forward. Look, you just look at the lyrics to "Man in the Mirror." It's basically about being a pedo. Because I actually, R. Kelly <laughs> came on the radio the other day, and I did change it. It pissed me off. I heard his voice. I was like, "Fuck oh, you, R. R. Kelly. Kelly," and I changed it. But I did. I don't do that to Michael. Yeah, I hadn't it's, really. That's, I hadn't really sit with this with myself, honestly. Well, it's uh, it's like that thing me and Tom. Well, me and Tom. What were you we all talking about this the other day? I thought we were all talking about this. Like, I don't think so. The difference, you know, Michael Jackson is like. Um, what he did is very heinous, to say the least. And we've known it for years. We've, we've known it <laughs> right in front for of decades. our goddamn eyes. We've known it for decades. The man, I mean, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb here and quote Cat Williams, <laughs> who's oh, the foremost authority on the issue. He said, you know, I'm going to paraphrase him, of course, but I have silk pillows at my house, silk sheets and stuff, not because I give a fuck about sheets, but because bitches do. And I want bitches to feel at home in my house. Uh-huh. What would you put in your house if you wanted little boys to feel comfortable at your house? <laughs> An amusement park. A roller coaster. <laughs> That's Cat Williams' take on the situation, and I can't disagree. No, it was going on in front of our very eyes. Yeah. Right in front of us. Um, but he also, unlike R. Kelly, single-handedly changed the direction of music. Yeah, unlike R. Kelly. Unlike R. Kelly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who just made a few catchy songs. Like, we can we can get rid of those. That's yeah, easy. we can totally cut R. Kelly out. But, like, free, no James problem. Brown, uh, Michael Jackson. Because like, me, for me, James Brown is equally James right Brown's a hard one. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Yeah. No good. But also just but it's also the like, greatest. Yeah, but it's also, yeah, exactly. Like, his influence is interwoven so much into American culture at this point. It would be um, almost impossible to... You just can't analyze people. I mean, this is just the classic, like, you know, every, this discussion pops up about once every six months. Is it all right to watch Woody Allen movies? That kind of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it is so... You remember, like... Why bother? You remember, like, a, at the Oscars, like, a year or two ago when the celebs all took that selfie together? You remember that? Yeah. And it was retweeted, like, eight billion yeah. times? Yeah. I got that same creepy feeling today. When I saw all the celebs like lining up behind Ellen, you know what I mean? Like, you go, Ellen, you, you nailed it, you fucking did it, girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so weird. It's just like, oh, did she have a comeback today? 
she had a thing about well i think it was yesterday or maybe a few days ago she said something about bush yeah she said um we we disagree on a lot of things but we're buds i hope you disagree on a lot of things I Shut up, Ellen. She says something like that. But um Porsche's too good for her. But it was it was like um a bunch of celebs were basically like, This is the message we need right now. This is the message we need right now, Ellen. Like we're so divided. Anybody that so says creepy. divided just needs to shut the fuck up. Divide <laughs> divided implies there's an owl. There's not been an owl owl in fucking ever, really. Yeah. <laughs> The story of it all is the same story that our pal Karl Marx wrote about. It's always been that with, you know, a little window dressing here and a little there, but it's basically the same. All the material means are the same. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, we got to go for real this time. Thank you for Bye. listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you later.